Hello and welcome to Superposition, the show where we share 100% organic, free-range, and FDA-approved opinions on topics concerning China and the U.S. I'm your host, Seed, and I'm Hansen. In this special episode, we react to some of the trending posts on Reddit, America's most trusted news source about China. Enjoy the show. Okay, friends. Today is a little bit of a different episode.、Uh, it's just Seed and myself. Say hi, Seed. How's life? How's life?、Um, yeah. So we're gonna go over some interesting topics.、Um, so this is a trend that I think Seed and I were chatting about.、Uh, the the way China's portrayed in in the West,、uh, and I don't say just Western media because that makes me think of CNN and New York Times. <laughs>、um, I mean, just you know where most people. Our age, anyway, get their news, which is Reddit,、uh, social media, the legit resources compared to、uh, you know CNN and BBC. Oh、right? yeah, like Reddit, <laughs> just straight up better journalistic、uh, integrity than CNN, right? Of course. <laughs>、um, see, I actually I, I went through、uh, Reddit, which is a pretty popular forum in the U.S. for some of our listeners who live under a rock or in China, because Reddit's banned there, and we'll get there. Um, <laughs> we're.、Uh, <laughs> I did a quick search for the keyword China, and these are some of the results that came up.、Uh, and I'm gonna just share a few news headlines, yeah, and share some of the top comments on Reddit.、Uh, and I want to get your reaction. See, sure, Does that sound good. Yeah. All right. So the first one. Let's start off on a warm up round.、Uh, this is called a Zhongshuge.、Uh, it's a bookstore, actually in my hometown, Chongqing, China. I was I was pretty stoked when I came across this on Reddit. Um, and basically, it's this picture of this pretty visually stunning、uh, bookstore. It's almost got like Harry Potter vibes.、Uh, essentially, it's this like big、uh, structure with a bunch of arches, and、yep. because the ceiling is covered in mirrors, it, it seems like it extends up much taller.、Right. Uh, and the whole thing is covered in books.、Uh, it, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking at this. It looks pretty cool. It does have a Harry Potter vibe to it. Right. And、yeah. you know when I when I saw this I was like, oh you know this is、uh, I'm I'm glad that you know people are building creative things in my hometown. This is cool. I'd love to go hang out there, and、uh, and see what's the top comment there. It says、uh, they look like wallpaper to me. <laughs> yeah, and the second top comment was basically the first few shelves are actually books,、uh, but the rest is wallpaper,、uh, so it doesn't look quite as good in real life.、Um, yeah. I just felt like this was an example of. Something that I thought was just genuinely interesting and kind of cool. Maybe it's not the coolest thing in the world, right? When I when I come across things on Reddit, people tend to be a lot more negative and and skeptical if it has to do with China. I mean, it's a bookstore. <laughs> I'm looking through. I mean, this is a post that's got、um, 15.8 thousand upvotes. Okay.、Uh, right. And on Reddit, that's that's a, a decent amount.、Um, right. You know, that can get a, get you up to the front page sometimes. Right.、Uh, and I'm reading all these top comments and. I don't think I see a single positive one that's like, "Wow, that looks so cool."、Yeah. Um, whereas I see tons of these other posts on the same subreddit about, you know, some walkway in Japan、uh, or some bridge in Germany, and people are usually a lot more positive about it. So, all right, the second piece of news: the headline goes, "U.S. Senate approves fifty billion dollars boost for computer chip and AI technology to counter China." Legislation shows. Deeply divided parties are united on confronting China in the race for technologies of the future. Yeah, that's that's wise for them to do. Yeah,、uh, I I think it's a great idea. 
I don't think. I mean, I think it's better to um, invest in technology than than oil or coal. Yeah, that I I second that. It's better to invest in things that are going to pay off in the future than invest things that paid off in the past. Yeah, and just I mean, China is doing the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. China's everyone everyone wants to race to the AI supremacy. So you know, for those who think the banning of uh, Huawei or you know. Even TikTok is is about is anything about national security? It, it's not. It's about maintaining the the control um, over the over the edge of you know technology. That's that's all it is. Well, you can see that's also about security, right? Because U.S. only f- feels secure when it's number one. So, <laughs> yeah, I can see that angle. Yeah, I I think it's good news. I think, uh, or you know, at the very least, it's the right move for for the U.S. as a country. Yeah. Um, being technologically competitive, in my opinion, is probably by far the most important long bet. Uh, it's probably more important than military superiority in, in the short run. That's yep. going to really pay off. Um, yeah, looking at some of the <laughs> top comments, these are fun. Uh, the top comment goes, develops next generation AI chip to defeat the Chinese. Sends schematics to China for manufacturing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is a good joke about Chinese manufacturing. What I will point out is uh, mainland China uh, is actually not well known for chip manufacturing. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of uh, investment into uh, you know like Zhongxin Guoji, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, new chip manufacturer tried to ramp up, but it's going to take a long time for them to catch up. Which I mm-hmm. think is actually a shitty move from from US because you are forcing them to be independent. Yes, um, the whole. Uh, I guess Trump and now also uh, Biden era policy to more or less restrict uh, supplies, technological supplies to China, um, you know, in whatever name. I mean, we don't have to get into the politics and the the morals of it, but the practical implication is that this is the best thing that's happened to align public and private interest in China. Yes. Um, the, the Chinese government's long wanted to develop its own core technologies. I mean, you'd be kind of stupid not to want to do right. that. Um, and China's sorely behind, uh, you know, years and years behind in some core yeah. technologies, in, including chip design and manufacturing. So the government's been trying to push on that. But, you know, it, it's not something that is easy for the government to force private entities to do. They're just not incentivized to. So yeah. the government can spend a bunch of money on it. But at the end of the day, if a company like Huawei is getting access to way better technology much more reliably and at much cheaper price from Qualcomm. They're yeah. not going to be developing their own chip uh, at the same rate. But now that I think the U.S. government has demonstrated that it's willing to cut off supply from private U.S. companies to private Chinese companies, you know, in an unpredictable way, I think that's going to hurt in the long run. Uh, it's it's really going to encourage, I think, uh, China and the rest of the world to develop their own core technology and stop their dependence on the U.S. Uh, my feeling is in the long run that's going to backfire on the U.S. in terms of the technological hegemony that it's built. It's unfortunate, but maybe it's necessary. I'm not here to comment on whether that's a good or bad decision. It's just uh, it's not going to have a good long-term effect, I don't think. I don't know. I, I think it's a bad decision, uh, no matter from what level. It, you know, On the first level, it kind of speaks to the hypocrisy of what U.S. Mm. tries to say. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a free market. 
It's an art, obviously it's an art. Um, it also is a bad decision, like you said, practically. It forces China to grow up for those areas, right? So I don't see any benefit, uh, at least in the long run, probably in the short term. Uh, even in the short term, you're hurting your own economy, <laughs> right? The company wants yeah. to sell to China. So, but I want to uh, clarify a little bit. Uh, so Huawei actually designed their own chip, by the way. Yeah, the Kirin chips. Yeah, they actually design themselves. They own mm -hmm. the patent. Uh, it's you know takes skills to design the chips as well. It's the manufacturing part that uh, they cannot do themselves, and right. actually no one can. Right. U.S. cannot as well. It just U.S. can do this because they own more intellectual property. Yeah, intellectual properties and and process within the bigger process, so they can mm -hmm. they can uh, use that right. Like the the you know only SML has the technology to. Uh, build this kind of machine and that's in it's a, that's a Swiss company it's not a US company but this Swiss company use a lot of things like you mentioned uh, are US patent right mm -hmm. so they can they can force them to to do this so you know to clarify globalization is real and globalized yep. global supply chain is also real no one mm -hmm. can do this alone it's it's only because um, there is this uh, hegemony of US they can they can force China to you know be be out of this of the supply chain. People have to remember, globalization is a Western dominated process for the past seventy years. Right, it's not initiated by China. It, it's driven by the capitalism wants cheap labor. That's the that's the original thesis. It's hard work. <laughs> so oh, I'm willing to bet very few people in the U.S. would be willing to switch places with the with the Chinese laborer that they were complaining about. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's awful, awful jobs. Right? Um, it's a yeah. hard, hard way yeah. to earn your wealth. I, I just wish people will, will notice that China didn't take 90% of the profit, right? It's the mm -hmm. U.S. companies took all the profit, pretty much, and uh, only left 10% to the Chinese manufacturers. So who is the evil one uh, if we want to conform to that narrative, right? Who is the greedy one? It's the big companies. Yeah, I think such is the case with just about any country with any system. Uh, you can see this in the U.S., in China, or in any Middle Eastern oil-rich nation. One class of people stand to benefit disproportionately, uh, whether they're people, you know, the majority of those people are rich or not. Whether it's a rich nation or a poor nation, you're going to have a very small group of people reap a lot of benefits. Uh, and that's the case with just about every system. I mean, you could say the same about the U.S. I was watching the movie The Dictator last night. Have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, Sacha Baron Cohen. And he was saying, we need a dictatorship. That way, 1% of the people can hoard 90% of the wealth in the nation. We can fight wars under, you know, like false pretenses. Uh, we can force people into, you know, these bad positions where they never have any true power. <laughs> and we can control the media, but make it feel free. <laughs> And I was like, wow, this is uh, Where do you have it? what a statement. <laughs> um, so one more thought I had on this um, is we, we have this tendency to see everything as if it's a person. And we talked about this last time about China or U the U.S. being a monolith, right? As if it's just, you know, China and the right. U.S. What does that even mean? It's a concept. People, individuals, I, I have a lot of faith in people. I think there's a lot of good things you can connect with people on. People are, I think, uh, generally good and they can have a great capacity for being great individuals and building great connections. But people can be moral. I don't know if corporations and nations can be held to the same standard. Corporations exist to generate wealth. 
to generate money for the stakeholders above all else. I don't care what any ink says about what it believes. Ultimately, it exists yeah. to turn a profit. Nations exist to bolster the wealth and power of its ruling class. I don't care what it says it cares about. At the end of the day, it's bound by the laws of power. Moving on to the next one. This is a, a Reddit post called A List of Things Banned in China. All right. The list goes. And uh, for our American listeners, uh, in case you didn't know, these are actually banned in China. <laughs> Facebook. Yes. Amazon. Google. Instagram. Snapchat. Twitter. Twitch. Pinterest. YouTube. Netflix. iTunes. Christmas. I don't know about that's that not, one. That's, that's <laughs> I think that's fake news. The letter N. News. The letter N. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford. What did he say? Uh, and Bitcoin. I mean, those are those are things banned in China. What's your reaction? Um, I think face. I think Facebook should be banned because it facilitate it because it doesn't comply with local law, which is you have to share data with with the government uh, when it comes to um, terrorist activities. Okay. So in public safety or national security grounds? Yes. Similar, thing, similar laws in U.S. where Facebook is, is, is required to send information to uh, federal governments, FBI in this case, uh, if requested. Right. They can subpoena So you. what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so, so if, you, if you choose not to comply, you're going to be banned, unlike what happened to TikTok, uh, where no law is violated, but they are you know, at least proposed to be banned. So... Amazon, I'm not sure they are banned in China. I'm pretty sure there's still a branch that is that exists in China, but they didn't win uh, competing against Taobao. So they choose to exit. Mm -hmm. They sold their business to, to, to Taobao, I think. I have to check them that, that, that source whether they sold it or not. But there was no banning. Um, was there any government activities to facilitate Taobao to win? Maybe. But you know, just look at what happened in other countries like you know India or Southeast Asian countries where they don't have a government strong government where where so they don't get to develop their local business right so it's, it was dominated by Google Amazon Facebook right um, so you know is that good is that bad I don't know but but uh, that's that's the choice they made and I can see a legit reason behind that so yeah those are interesting points I've had so I have a few different angles on this. Uh, the first one is a, a personal one. I, I distinctly remember, it must have been around 15 or something like that, I made a, a Facebook account. And I remember not a month from when I first created the account, Facebook disappeared from the Chinese internet. I, I tried to access it, it just wouldn't load. And I originally thought, you know, something went wrong. But after a while, I started realizing this is deliberate. You know, this isn't an accident that Facebook.com is no longer accessible. And I just, I hated it. I hated it. Like personally, I really dislike the feeling when someone is intentionally restricting something from me. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, nobody likes it. Right. So from a personal perspective, I want to be able to access whatever the fuck I want. It's too paternalistic for me for anyone else really to come in and tell me I can't do something that doesn't hurt anyone else. That's fair. So that's my first angle. The second angle I see this from is what you mentioned. There's a degree of, I think, protectionism of local competitors to these companies. Uh, I think the U.S. as a country is very used to its just technical dominance around the world. 
that it has the best tech companies in the world, right? From Silicon right. Valley to, you know, some other parts of the US. Um, yeah. When you think of the number one thing in any category, it's almost always American, right? And I think America really stands to benefit a lot from that. That's fueled a lot of uh, development, um, hired a lot of talent, and it built amazing things. I mean, I was watching Google I.O. recently, and it's really cool how much artificial intelligence is able to you know, answer questions, understand conversations. We wouldn't have that kind of thing without that huge concentration of wealth uh, built up by the tech and industry data. here. And right, data. and data, yep. of course. A lot of countries, including China and India now, more and more obviously, are taking steps to sort of restrict foreign entities from dominating its local markets and you know, using policies, soft and hard, to encourage local equivalents to really flourish, right? I mean, if we let, for example, Google uh, just dominate the search market, it would dominate everywhere in the world because that's kind of how tech works. An aggregator becomes more powerful. Because the it's, more, it's better. <laughs> right. The more data you get, the better you yeah. get, the more people will use you because it's just better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, who uses Bing? <laughs> no one. All right. <laughs> What's Bing? Yeah. But I think this question also touch, touches upon the larger context, which is the Great Firewall, right, mm-hmm. in China. Um, and I think I have a, I don't know, not a popular at least in U.S., not a popular idea about it. Um, sure. Here's the interesting story, right? So China started to build its great firewall back in 1990. Oh, wow. So like before internet was a thing, mm-hmm. almost before, mm-hmm. right? Right around the time. No one has internet access in China. Very few people has internet access in U.S. But somehow uh, the CCP had the... Um, the, the foresight to, for better or worse, <laughs> build this thing, right? And I can see the argument against it, especially nowadays, I think, you know, more and more young people in China are more educated and they can maintain a nuanced view uh, among, uh, you know, against a lot of things. But mm-hmm. there is argument to be made because China doesn't exist in a vacuum. That's un- that, I think that's Westerners need to understand because it's a fact that the US government or any other, you know, Western entities is constantly trying to undermine China's quote-unquote national interests, right? Uh, it's in a lot of countries' interests. They don't want a strong China because they want the market, right? Like you said, it's better for U.S. to have the Chinese market to be dominated by U.S. companies, obviously, right? So a strong, a strong central government will stand in the way. So it's in their interests uh, to undermine their ability to control. So how do you defend that? Like what's the, what's the strategy to, to defend that besides building a wall, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I would argue that's the only success story actually uh, against the dominance of all the US uh, tech giants, right? That's the only success story. It, it's tough, right? A good example of what a, what a truly free internet, which is, if you think about it, kind of a hive mind, kind of this like, yeah. uh, it's like this river that connects all streams of consciousness. Yeah. And if people piss and shit in the river, that gets into everyone's mind too. Um, you know, we're seeing the positive and negative effects in the U.S., right? And a lot of Western countries that don't do a lot of censorship. Um, you know, look at QAnon conspiracies. Look at flat earthers and anti-vax movement. All right. Just frankly straight up dumb theories 
can gain a lot of traction because people are gullible. And yep. I don't say that in a, you know, these people are dumber than me way. No, I'm gullible. Everyone is. Uh, people get the information they get from whatever the easiest possible source is. That could be whatever you do when you turn on the TV, you get this narrative. But now it's when you open Facebook or Instagram, this stream of shit just <laughs> flows straight into your eyeballs and your consciousness. And, you know, whether you're conscious about it or not, it's influencing your thoughts. Uh, and these algorithms are tuned to, well, capture your attention. And sometimes that's that's shown a dark side, right? Like if you're interested in conspiracies, it tends to lead you down that rabbit hole. And eventually you start to believe that, I don't know, chemicals are turning frogs gay and um, I, which might even be true. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. You know, that's the scary That'd part. Cool. Is we we live now in a, in a truthless world because there is no authority on truth when there is true freedom of speech. Right. And that's right. That's a good and a bad thing. Um, in, the, in China, it's a very different, I think, mindset uh, about this. It's more like there is truth. It's set by the authorities. And this will keep stability. This will give you sanity. I've never heard Chinese anti-vaxxers. I've never heard Chinese flat earthers. Right. Uh, and, you know, from that effect perspective, it's good. China would be a much it would be in a much worse position if they were to let frankly, you know, time-wasting conspiracies like that to, to flourish. So, all right, another one on Reddit. The good news just doesn't stop coming. Satellite that, photos that, that's show... The, that's the slogan, the Reddit, right? Slogan, Reddit. Good news doesn't stop coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, satellite photos show rapid construction at military base where U.S. has, quote, serious concerns about China's presence. Yeah, I mean, my reaction to this is, yes, China is building one military base <laughs> recently. This is in Cambodia, right? Do people know how many U.S. military bases there are around the world? <laughs> 800. Yeah, that's exactly the number of Nailed it. Uh, so, okay, so it's after U.S. already closed, uh, I think, 200 military bases in Iraq. Should take pictures of China and show the old picture to China when it's grown up one day and say, look at this, it's your first military base. I mean, it's an interesting, I think, thought exercise, right? You know how in personal relationships we often stress the importance of empathy with others to be able to trade yeah. places with someone else? What would happen yeah. if we did that on an international level, right? What if the places were changed and China is the country with hundreds of military bases all around the world and the U.S. is like, hey, can I build a base near Hawaii, and China is very concerned. Very. It's, gosh, what is America going to do with this one military base? I guess when you're that used to being completely dominant in doing something, when someone else takes even one step towards doing the same thing, it does feel surprising. Yeah, that, that's well said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about... Deep topics. Yeah, some, some more meta topics about all of these. So we've reacted to a bunch of a random assortment of news uh, that we found on, on Reddit and the internet. So I guess I want to chat with you about a couple of things. First of all, why is there such a negative attitude seemingly uh, towards China in Western media? For me, I think at, at least at the surface, um, it's the fear of unknown. That's the biggest drive because it's a very different um, civilization almost, right? If you think about last hundred years, the only transition of power is from Britain to uh, the U.S., but they are, I mean, they literally what the same country, right? 
same same group of people, same group of ideals. Um, I mean, there was well, they some share, initial they share conflict, a common root. Yeah, yeah, they share a common root culturally. Yeah, so they can understand each other better. Uh, and this one is very different, right? It's not yeah. even Western by any means. Uh, it's I also argue it's not one hundred percent Eastern because uh, communism is a very Western ideal. Right, so it's, it's this weird. In West. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. invented in the West. Um, it's this very weird combination of things that, uh, for me, I don't think it's trying to be pushy. Um, I don't think it's trying to be, you know, this is one. Way, this is the only way to do things, right? Like U.S. try to say, democracy is the only way uh, to build your relation. Uh, this is the template. There's no template, right? China is never trying to say, use my template, right? When it goes to um, uh, Arabic countries, uh, when it goes to Africa, uh, all all they want is money. They're not trying to export ideologies, right? So this is very foreign. This is this is also very scary in a sense because there is a void, right? Like you know, if if what's your deal, man? Right? <laughs> like you're being stronger and stronger, but what do you actually believe in? What is China's agenda? Do we know? Right, exactly. What's your agenda, right? What's your agenda here, right? So at least one of the items on the agenda is definitely make China great again. All right, that's, oh, that that's, sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's it, it, try to, I think you, you said, right, bring back the glory of the old days uh, of ancient China. The good old is days. What you try to, yeah, is what you try to do. Yeah, that's, uh, see, that's an interesting point, uh, the whole make China great again uh, narrative. I think... Another thing that a lot of my American friends may not be familiar with is the the sort of cultural backdrop, the historic backdrop to the popular narrative in China and why restoring the glory of China is such a, a, an attractive narrative in China. Uh, long story short, you know, China is an old civilization and it prides itself as one of the older, more prosperous human civilizations there ever was. And for, you know, thousands of years, China's seen itself as a powerhouse, as a center, if not the center of the world. I mean, I mean the it's word literally called, China yeah. literally yeah. means central nation or middle know, kingdom, central kingdom, whatever you call it, middle kingdom. Uh, so it sees itself as the center. Um, so it, I think it's got a big nationalistic ego, much like U.S. does have today, uh, much like any sufficiently advanced civilization tends to think of itself. But in the past, say about two, 200 plus years, uh, China's gone through some stuff, um, you know, from being old and corrupt itself to being colonized, to being invaded, to, to being dragged through several wars uh, and going through very traumatic events, including the rape of Nanjing, as, as we were talking about before. Um, it is deeply traumatized as a country where its land was taken away. Its palaces were, were burned down. All major cities were destroyed in these wars. Countless people died and displaced. Um, and its, I think, pride and dignity as a nation was dragged through the mud for a long, long time. And, you know, even the China we were born into, uh, you know, early 90s, it was still, you know, visibly developing and recovering from poverty, from rough times. I mean, nowadays still, China is still a developing country, but it made progress. China as a country and as a culture, as a people, started with this very high 
regard for themselves. Uh, and then they were just completely wrecked for a long time where they had absolutely no dignity and no pride in being Chinese. Um, and so you can see the allure of that make China great again narrative uh, of restoring that to, to stand up to the powers of the world. Right. I mean, we name all these countries today and we think fondly of them, you know, the U.S., the U.K., uh, France, uh, Germany. All these countries had a hand in burning down the old China as we knew it. All these countries were there. Um, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the United Army, of the eight, eight nation army, right? Not to be confused with that very catchy song. Uh, <laughs> they had a hand in destroying that. I mean, imagine that China, Japan, Indonesia, India, and etc. Asian countries formed some army, marched to the U.S. and burned down the White House and burned down monuments. Um, I mean, that's gonna that's gonna leave a bad taste in your mouth for a while. Just like what Canadian did. Oh, back in the days. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We're can, Canadians are cool with the U.S. now, okay? <laughs> no, Canadian. You know, uh, Canada was the only country. Yeah, I did know. I did know. What What a surprising piece of history to learn. Yeah, because they seem so peaceful these days. Um, I also understand. I totally see the Western perspective as well, right? Um, yeah. You know, arguably the West has built the most prosperous world economy there has ever been. Um, not arguably. Not arguably. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the truth. The world's never been more developed and the world's right. never been a better place, even though like, of course, some people suffered a lot more disproportionately. But when you look at literacy rate, uh, hunger around the world, uh, you know, death by unnatural causes, all these things, we've never had it better. In fact, yeah. when I listen to some conservative pundits, right, like I listen to Jordan Peterson, for example, and he says, Western civilization as we know it is the best thing the humans have ever built. By all objective measures. Yeah. Right? I mean, this system, whether you attribute most of the success to this or technological advances, whatever you say, it certainly has allowed this to happen. And yeah. no other system has done as well thus far. Right. So I think there's warranted skepticism towards any different system because how do you know that's not going to make things worse? Yeah. Right? So I, I get that perspective as well. So for me, there's a lot of things, like you said, that the Western mm. ideology brought forward. But the best sure. thing for me uh, that the Western ideology brought forward is science. And for me, yeah. the core to science is, for, you know, first thing as you mentioned, is being skeptical, right? But also open to change, open to explore different ideologies, right? So, you, you know, yes, there should be skepticism, but there shouldn't be because it's Eastern, because it's not the same as Western ideology, which is shut the door. Right, because guess what? Western ideology didn't come out of thin air. If you look at the literature from the Enlightenment, they borrowed a lot of uh, inspirations from ancient China, right? All the uh, famous authors, right, uh, from Enlightenment, are deeply, deeply inspired uh, by the Chinese ideal, naturally, which is mm -hmm. pretty interesting, right? So, what I'm saying is, ideology even religion uh, or anything is an evolution, not a revolution, right? You are essentially built upon the things that in previous iterations, or even the things you burned down, right? Yep. Uh, so maybe, right, to come up with something better, I agree with Jordan Peterson, like objective, objectively, this is the best we achieved so far, but doesn't mean we cannot achieve something better by learning from each other. Right. So 
See, I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm, uh, yeah. I'd like to think I'm a futurist uh, and a bit of an optimist when it comes to that. It, I really, I fundamentally believe that everything we've done up until now, right, thousands of years of known history, maybe many thousands of years more that are not recorded or known today, are nothing compared to what we can achieve next. Yeah. I think we ought to have that mindset. If we if we continue to see the world as a zero-sum game, as if this is yeah. the best it's going to get, and we better yeah. do everything we can to keep it this way, yeah. um, that's the kind of mindset that's going to that's gonna get us into trouble, I think, yeah. because the trajectory we're on is not sustainable. Let's really think big. Um, yeah. So I was, I, sent, I was sharing this video with Seed last night about a stellar engine, right? Theoretically, something we could build to move the sun and the solar system along with it to be our spaceship to go colonize the universe. Just to co- cover another front of this, though, I mean, sure. I think you already mentioned this, um, but I think, at least based on the behavior of the US government, I think they do believe it's a zero sum game, right? So I think that the basic logic of this uh, from the government perspective is they want to maintain the hedge money, they sure. want to maintain the dominance of the world, right? Uh, you know, we can say because there's there's fair unknown, there's differences in values, they can attack China more efficiently, right? So it's an easier target. But if you look at what they did to Japan, they did the same thing, right? Back in the days when uh, Japan was about to suppress the the U.S. economy. Yeah, I think the Jap- Japanese auto industry specifically was really attacked in the U.S. even in, I think, the yeah. Time magazine or something. You know, very yeah. mainstream American media were very uh, vocally attacking right. because they were right. threatening the U.S. economy, like the auto sector. Right, right. And even the more interesting example, uh, the European Union. So, I mean, there's a lot of reason why Iraq war happened, right? But if you really look, if you really analyze it, like what made, I think, a, a large part of it is because um, Iraq was using European dollar, uh, it's called euros, yeah, euros to uh, uh, transact uh, oils instead of used dollars. And you think that's uh, a big reason why the US went to war there? Oh yeah. <laughs> the only thing that, not the only thing, but you know, the two biggest thing, two biggest pillars that US maintains hegemony. And I say it not because I think it's devil, you know, it's it's evil. Well, or someone's it's just, do just, it. just a fact. Yeah, some, sure. exactly, right. It's just how They're, power works. Right. Exactly. So the two pillars of, of US maintaining the hegemony uh, is right, the military might. Second is the soft power. Uh, I, I will bundle the Hollywood effect and also the US dollar in the same category, right? Mm. Uh, US dollar is the dominant currency. It's the world so currency. It's the world currency, yeah. And all the all the US, all the Chinese assets outside of China is settled using US dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how <laughs> the federal, the feds can... Uh, print money so freely because they are imp- they are exporting the inflation to the world right so yes the the root of this dominance at least a large part of it is is rooted in the US currency dominance so if mm-hmm. anything if anything no matter it's EU arguably share the same you know ideology uh, <laughs> and a civilization or, or even inspirations arguably they're going to crush this Right, they did it in a more subtle way, right? But uh, they're gonna do it regardless. So I think that for me, that's that's the kind of the basic logic. Mm-hmm. Anything on the surface is more or less for show, 
and just you know the tactics uh, they use, not the, the not the core logic. Yeah. So another question, Seed, uh, I'm curious about is so much of the criticism about China in the West is really focused on the different ideology, right? The censorship, the uh, different political beliefs. So what if, you know, for a thought experiment, what if China became exactly what the West dreamed of? What if China became the model citizen of all powers in the world? What would that look like? So it really depends on what you mean by exactly what they want. So like for me, I think what exactly they want is something like Japan, right? Don't have an independent army, Mm. right? Uh, Doesn't really have anything to challenge US, but act as a, you know, like a cog in a larger system that is maintained by U.S. If that's what China becomes, which arguably is what China is back in, you know, if you say 20 years ago, right, the, the world's factory. Uh, yeah, I think they can, I mean, just look, look at the rapport between the two countries back in the days, right? It's because there's no serious competition between the two. Um, so if in that sense, if, is it, you know, if that's what you mean by um, become exactly what the West want, yeah, I think, you know, there can be a tremendous friendship right mm-hmm. <laughs> quote-unquote friendship uh because it's one-sided but if by exactly what they want you only mean the political system the economic system right the i guess you also listed the rules the policies right no i don't think so because you, you if you look at the example from japan from eu they're gonna crush you regardless uh, if you you know rise to challenge them um yeah. So what I'm what I'm hearing is, and I I tend to agree with this assessment. Uh, if China had the same political system, same economic system, you know, uh, capitalism, uh, you know, a congressional democracy, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and had the same, just about everything. Let's just say we carbon copied the U.S. and pasted onto China, uh, yeah. you know, onto a different language and culture. Right. Um, I'm not so sure the U.S. would feel any better about China. I think the the real issue is whichever country's on top, the way power works is it wants to maintain its hegemony. It wants to maintain the current order from which uh, the most powerful country is benefiting disproportionately. I mean, I, I frankly think China would do the same. India would do the same. Russia would do the same. Any country that maintains such a level of standing, let's say, in the world would probably not, not want to share that fairly with everyone else. Why do I have to give you half of my toys? Yeah, but yeah, so like, you know, what you mentioned is exactly the Thucydides trap, right? Um, Thucydides. <laughs> Thucydides. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Thucydides uh, trap, which, which basically means uh, the, the number one dominant power, mm-hmm. in this case a nation, uh, is challenged by the second one, result, resulting in war, right? That's the trap. Mm-hmm. There will always be war between number one and number two. And usually the result is number three gains the benefit because the, the, the first two... Um, India intensifies. Or Russia, I don't know. <laughs> if you look at the so-called modernization um, of the world, where does the wealth come from? It comes from colonization, comes from enslaving other people, comes from literally stealing, uh, killing people, right? Stealing from people and killing others. Uh, unfortunately, that that's kind of the backdrop. Uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about backdrop, right? That's mm-hmm. the backdrop of the modernization of the twenty first century. That's very cynical, but I do. I don't. That doesn't mean I don't agree. Democracy is a good thing, right? Uh, I do think there should be some flavor of democracy exists uh, in a political system. 
I just don't know whether that's the, actually a solution hmm. to a de- developing country, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, in the interest of time, we've covered a lot of ground here. We reacted to a number of mostly negative uh, news reports, I suppose, posts about China. Um, we've shared uh, our perspective. Completely unbiased, of course. We never have any bias. <laughs> yeah, um, if you look at our face, completely, <laughs> completely unbiased. Right, completely unbiased. Uh, opinion on those things uh, and some interesting thoughts. And it seems like, you know, this uh, mutual negative portrayal in the U.S. and China seems almost a little bit inevitable. Um, it's almost agnostic of political system, uh, agnostic of a lot of other things. And it comes down to the very simple power dynamic of the number one and the rising number two powers in the world. Yeah, to just end this with a, a slightly more positive note, mm-hmm. right? I think there is, might be a solution to, to the Thucydides trap. Um, it's because the world is very dependent on each other, right? Yep. You, you can see the, the recent move that, you know, the US government tries to cut the ties with China. It's not that easy. And imagine... If China wants to t- cut the ties, I don't see why, but cut the ties with the West, it's going to be a disaster. Every nation needs every nation nowadays, right? So I think what we can do as individuals is to try to see through the smoke. You have to realize everybody's the same. Everybody just wants to get paid better, right? You want the same thing, right? There's not that much difference between a Chinese, a white, African, Indian, right? Uh, you want the same thing. So on that basis, then you re- realize uh, the only way to get out of this is to build more dependencies. Uh, no matter it's you know at a personal level, make connections with with random people, uh, or between nations, right? Is is make them stretch uh, strategically, economically uh, dependent, right? That's the only way to get out of this this trap for me. That's an interesting thought, Seed. If the positions were switched between China and the U.S. or any other world power, the world may not look as different as we might think. A lot of this may not come down to what the dominant narratives in both countries would have us believe, which is more ideological differences, political belief differences. A lot of this is just a simple natural effect of power distribution in the world. In that way, I guess it's a little bit heartwarming to think that we're all (laughs) the same. Uh, The same good and bad things would probably happen if the positions were switched around. That's our belief anyway. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool. Well, thank you very much for your thoughts, Seed. Uh, yeah. Very interesting conversation, as always. All right.